Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, GoBros. Welcome to the GoBro room. I got my man, Dewey Gallup. A man from Charleston here, and you know, this is going to be a great uh, interview here, so I'm excited about this. Dewey, welcome to the Go Bundance Podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I was just uh, I was just saying how I missed you. I was on your street surfing a couple hours ago out at Folly Beach. Small world, man. Small world. Well, let's, let, let's get down. Let's talk a little bit about Dewey. What, uh, let's get, why don't you give me a five-minute rundown, day you're born, till today. How old are you, Dewey? 44. All right. 44 years. I want to know what, uh, what what's happened in a short four or five minute story. Tell me all about it, Dewey. All right. So breaking them up with some sort of interesting point. Raised by two first generation college and, and both my dad, he's a dentist and my mom uh, has masters in education. They were the first to go to college. They both grew up in New York City, went to Boston and escaped to Vermont to be king of the hippies. So I was raised on a mountaintop in Vermont as a little vegan fellow. And by the time I was four, I think we were raising livestock and slaughtering them. And so there went the vegan bit. Fast forward, education's really important to my mom. So she moves us to a little suburb outside of Boston because it had great public education. Finished up education in Boston. College, I wind up going to sports and sports in high school were fun. You know, football and wrestling. I, I liked aggressive sports where people could inbounds hurt each other. That was that was good from my personality played a little lacrosse and then started playing rugby in college uh went to the college of charleston uh down here in charleston south carolina uh, i had very little mentorship or just didn't really take anybody's advice maybe at the time luckily i've, I've switched my perspective on that got a degree in marine biology for no particular reason other than i knew nothing about the ocean and it fascinated me 
did four years there, which made me uh, the minority. Most people at the College of Charleston do like five to seven years, but they're definitely not doctors. They just have a great time. Use that degree in marine biology uh, to go and do sea turtle biology in South Florida, work on dive boats as a dive master, parlayed that into, so that was a slight use of my, my degree. And then I went for a total non-use and used my dive mastering and, and education to get onto private yachts. Spent a bunch of years on private yachts, Caribbean winters, Mediterranean summers, couple transatlantics. These boats, you know, this is like 20 years ago. So a big boat then was like 250 feet. So I was on Larry Ellison's little boat, which was 191 feet. Uh, and then I was on the Budweiser flagship, which was 170 something feet called the Big Eagle. Still, still cruising around. All right. How are we doing on time? About three minutes. So I'm doing a transatlantic with a guy. It was the first mate's guest, so not, not a real guest of the boat, a guest of the crew, um, so people that you can like interact with and have real conversation with, and he was a real estate developer from Southern California, and it was just fascinating to me, all of his stories. I would stay after watch, and he would tell me about his life and about being in real estate, and I would take all sorts of notes, and I quit the boat that summer, and I moved to Charleston, and I got into real estate. Been in real estate 16 years. Uh, mostly my main forward-facing vertical is residential sales. I've got a residential sales team at Keller Williams. We do good business. I've got great people, great systems. On the side for myself, I've got a real curious mind. So we do infill development, zoning entitlement, upzoning, started a single family investment company, which is like a wholesale company, direct to sellers, you know, find somebody that has equity, but a screwed up house and can't get to the equity and need somebody to solve their problems. So we'll come in and unravel it for them and, and then figure out what to do with it from there. And, uh, you know, the, the personal side met my wife about 12 years ago. My daughter was born eight years ago. My son is five. We have a great time. We've got a very uh, consistent travel schedule. We, the kids get out of school in June. We go to Costa Rica for a month, same town, same house, dirt roads, four wheelers, a uh, little place called Nosara in Guanacaste, which is the Pacific Northwest. Come back, check in at work for a couple weeks, go out West, get an RV from some place or another, wherever we want to be. And then uh, when winter comes around, we'll generally do some personal trips, like I'll ski, my wife will ski individually. We'll do a couple family ski trips, and that's really our thing. So it's either surf trips in the summer or ski trips in the winter. And yeah, that kind of brings us up to present day. Survived COVID, uh, had COVID. We drove an 83 VW van across the country with no AC and our kids and our new COVID puppy dog. And we got to Crested Butte and I was COVID positive and then my <laughs> wife was COVID positive, but uh, we didn't know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, did you, did you, did you well, like, uh, so you left Charleston and you start driving this van and a family vacation to get away from the germs, right? And get out of the house and then you start coughing or something like what happened i just felt like shit you know but i you mean we're sick. five days you just got sick yeah, like hung over or something yeah. yeah it felt like a mild body flu really 
on like the I it was really mild for me. This was this is no horror story. Same with my wife, pretty mild. Um, and the kids didn't feel any effects. Then you get to was, California and you all got tested and you're all positive, all four of you. Yeah, yeah. So we get to Crested Butte, Colorado. And by then I'm kind of subsiding, but my wife has no sense of taste. She's like popping jalapenos off the nachos and <laughs> drinking Listerine. And she's like, I can't taste the Listerine. But, but we didn't really feel that bad. But we were like, well, we should go get tested. And we were positive. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so our quarantine was like hiking in the mountains with our new dog. It was perfect little quarantine. That was good, man. Good. So you, you, you stopped it. Right, because if you had stayed in Charleston, you probably would have gave it to me or somebody else, right? Yeah, that's right. I would. <laughs> well, I wasn't at the Folly Beach bars, so we uh, <laughs> were safe. All right, that's awesome. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about your horizontal income, Dewey. What? Um, how much horizontal income do you have? I have the number down here, but for all intents and purposes, we could actually say zero. Um, let, me, let me find where it is. Uh, so. I have been at six percent. Well, wait a minute. But, like, so, like, what do you have? Like, what what are your investments? Yeah, so I sold everything like day one of COVID. Um, so, what does that mean? You sold everything. Go explain. Yeah. So the the stuff that I had across the board, and a lot of it was kind of like rollover from old short term rental. So I got into short term rental like a decade ago, like uh -huh. two thousand and ten. Um, yeah, before, before, you know, before Airbnb was even a company. And so I'd sold off some of those because people were giving us big returns and nobody else was selling. And then some of them I lost to laws and rezoning or, or incorporation of laws that lost, didn't exist. Lost the, the ability to short-term rental. So then you had to go long-term rental and the returns were paltry with that. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, so, you know, I had some annual rentals, had some kind of burr properties that with low inventory we sold, had some old hangover properties from the last recession, honestly, like so had them for a while. Mm. And with low inventory, we could finally get those things sold at a good number. And so literally, you know, I've been waiting for some signs that the market had peaked. And so for me, this was a good enough sign. So I spent like 60 days getting everything ready for market, literally put like, you know, six real estate signs in the ground, got in this VW bus, drove to Colorado, put it all under contract, and I'm closing the last thing tomorrow. We've already signed papers. We're just waiting on trip. While you were in Colorado, essentially, you sold, you sold six properties because the market's so hot. And it's safe to say, you, you know, doubled your money on these things or... Or more? Yeah, I mean, yeah, a, a good bit of money. You know, I'm quite liquid. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not a wealthy guy. Um, I've been slow and steady with my build, and I think I think you've got a number in here that talks about what's your liquid, your cash to net worth, and I'm at fifty eight percent. So I'm so this fully is, liquid. This is, yeah, this is this is a great conversation. So. Because really, you know, I think I was having a, this conversation with Saul Z, GoBro Saul Z, and he was like, it seems like a year ago I would have told you, you know, it's all about my horizontal income and all about my, you know, net worth and, and, and those numbers. And he says, lately, since COVID, I've, I've been feeling like 
it's really about liquidity. He's like, liquidity is where it's at right now. And I'm like, you know, that's interesting, right? So it's kind of what you're saying, liquidity. You're 58% liquid, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Like your yeah. cash to net worth, right? Yeah. And a lot of GoBros I talk to, 5 10%, right? Is that does that include equity in your primary residence, or, or is it include, uh, or is it just cash? That fifty eight percent. Not that it really would matter that much. That's but. that's just cash. Just cash. Um, so I mean, and to give you some clarity, there, I had my primary residence set up in such a way that I sold half of it. So I did a horizontal property regime, turned my back guest cottage into a condominium, mm. and sold it for two-thirds of the note that I had so I had like you know without getting into the numbers so I even sold my backyard <laughs> that's crazy dude that's wild just gonna pay taxes right there's no tax strategy on that you're just gonna suck it up and pay the pay the 20 percent 28 actually on my backyard on my backyard it falls under my primary residence so if, if I sell the front unit where I'm still living as my primary residence within two years, oh. I'll have to pay. But if I stay up there, I won't. What about the, um, what about the other ones? The other six? Yes. Yeah, so the burr, we were literally under short-term capital gains by six days, but it had been so screwed up. I, I was literally on my fourth buyer because of its, mm. you know, price point in the market that I was like, I'm not going to stall this thing for six days and have it blow up in my face. The one that I've had forever, there's so much recapture caught up in the depreciation that I'm going to 1031 that into two more burrs. Um, no, women, you are or you are not? You are? I am. I am going to, which really is part of the whole point of being liquid is to take advantage of, you know, after if, if I can, I might not be able to time it right with that. Yeah, one, what, if, but, what if you can't find one in the next 180 days? Well, I've got a whole square peg in it. Gonna fit a square peg in a round hole, or are you gonna just pay the taxes? I've got a wholesale company, so I know I can find one. It just won't be as good as the one that's gonna come around in like March or April when people start to liquidate their houses because they don't want to lose them to the bank and they've gone through their savings. Yeah, um, that, that's all right. I'll take a single over a home run. Indeed, indeed, it's all about singles. Just watch the movie Moneyball. Singles right. win the game. All right, cool. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So uh, let's switch gears then a little bit, do we? Health-wise, how much do you weigh? What's your body fat? Yeah, so I, I just went down yesterday to MUSC and, and got their test. So I'm at 186 on the weight, body fats at 17.5. Nice. Um, so I'm three pounds heavier than I should be, and I bet that I'm like 2% fatter. According to who? I, I normally, according to me and like my own internal right. game, game score. What, el I, what uh, else did it tell you? What else did that test tell you? Anything? 
Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. You know, you, you see a lot of body mass index from that stuff, but this woman was like, she's, uh, I've got the printout. I think I left it at the house. It's structural skeletal mass. She's like, that's mm-hmm. way more important and interesting than body mass index. It really, it broke it up by like right arm, you know, it broke up by the four extremities and the torso, both for um, your muscle, which was interesting, right? Because I'm right-handed, so my right arm had slightly more muscle than my left. And so she's like, not unexpected. She's like, but your legs are off. And I said, well, I've got a bad lower back, so I, f- I think I carry myself on one side. She's like, well, that would make sense. You know, it, it tells you some normal stuff, like you're carrying disproportionately more fat in your torso. You could, you know, lose that IPA gut, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, visceral fat visceral i know that from experience right because that's my issue (laughs) visceral fat it's that ipa gut and i've had it for like 15 fucking years and and um, i went to a a guy actually in uh charleston uh last week and uh it's a he's a functional medicine he's so he's working he's his goal is to get that visceral fat off of me so well those are good numbers for you let's talk about your life happiness index what is your score Let's see. It is 7.35. All right. So what, what is bringing that down? Would you say what's the lowest number on there? Well, I think I only gave myself like a two for horizontal income because of the previous part of the conversation. sold everything. All right. Well, yeah. What else? What's the next low? The next one is siblings. I'm really a shitty sibling. My brother lives in Australia. They're in full fucking lockdown. He's had a divorce, which he's been, you know, that's been coming for a long time. I think overall he's happy about that. But, you know, he still, he probably still wants to talk about it a bit. He's got three kids that are at home half the time. You know, I think there's a lot to talk about and I'm just caught up with, with, you know, whatever's right under my nose. I could definitely be a better sibling. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, probably. I don't have as much commonality. You know, the fact of the matter is my parents um, were all so vastly different. Like, some siblings are, like, very similar. My family, they just made kids that are vastly different. And uh, so uh, I just, you know, I tend to, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you more than I want my brother other uh, or sister or just you know this is what it is but uh yeah but that's an excuse i need to I, I need to up my score too so let's talk about uh i know you did the gb9 this morning no i uh the surfing really the surfing pushed it back i watched the video and i was like and i've done them a bunch you know with like roach or whatever and uh, and i was like i'll just I'll, I'll knock that out of the beach so that i've got that final score and then I got in the truck and I had a bunch of email and I was like, well, if I talk to Pat on my way to the other <laughs> beach, I could surf again. <laughs> so, so what do you do for exercise then? How often do you surf? Yeah. You know, I mean, surf where we are, you know, is a uh, hit or miss, but unfortunately for the folks on the Gulf coast, it has been a really active storm year. So, I mean, we can surf almost every fucking week, which is just awesome. You know, it's, it's not crazy, but you still get a good workout as long as you paddle the entire time. So I just make sure I'm always paddling. I surf once a week at least. And then to answer your question, so like a year ago, I just I was driving to the gym and I was like, why am I doing this? 
I was like, do I really want to drive to the gym for another 40 years? Like, what am I prolonging, really, if I'm not having that much fun? I go there and I, like, listen to podcasts, which is great and all, but so I just decided to play things. So I play tennis three times a week. So I'll take an hour-long lesson, and then I'll play two matches, and then I'll find a way to surf or just go paddle. And then there's this uh, class that a friend of mine made called The Works, which is pot, part hot vinyasa, part hit, part plyometrics, and it, it really will kick your butt. But it's really spiritual and fun, and there's a little tribe in there. So that gets me five days, and I've got two young kids. And now I coach soccer two hours a week. I, I started coaching both of my kids' soccer teams on Saturday morning, and it's each an hour. So I try to make sure I'm, I'm moving as much as they're moving. And I figure I got to add in weight training, I think, especially after we did those numbers yesterday. I need to build more muscle mass. But I think I want to do that through kettlebell exercises so I can still do that, like, out at the beach or a park or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems like you got your head on straight there. I mean, that's good. What about diet? Yeah, diet. Yeah, so, again, what's easy for me, since I don't know that much about nutrition, I consulted with a friend of mine that does, and she said, wake up, drink a glass of hot lemon water, you know, keep your coffee kind of black, then have a smoothie with these things in it and not these things in it. At lunch, I'll have a salad or a poke bowl. And then I'll eat kind of like a normal dinner with the family, you know, which is a protein and two veggies. And our proteins are generally either like soy based or come out of the ocean. Not a lot. I'm the only like red meat eater. So I'll make myself a steak like once in a while. That's awesome, dude. That sounds right, too. Sounds like you're doing the right things. All right. So let's talk about uh, life of Dewey. First 44 years, five greatest hits. Any any rock star has a greatest hits album. You are a rock star. I want to hear what your greatest hits are. What are the five poignant moments, like just like flash moments that were like the best moments of your life so far? Yeah, man, this was, this was fun. I always love hearing everybody else's and then getting to sit and reflect on mine was cool. And, of course, you know, I left out the wedding and the birth of the children and all the, yeah, the, the real Yeah, those are cliches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, all right, so in no particular order, and I, I probably touched on a couple of these, the second Atlantic crossing was really awesome. I mean, you know, blue whales and sunsets with maybe green flashes as you jump up and down on the back of, you know, this very expensive toy that you're in charge of and you're just out there with you know private chef and eating it up and living the dream that that was pretty awesome you know we anyway that was awesome i could go on for hours about that i lived with an indian tribe uh that was really incredible that was the summer between college and life uh though life only became dive mastering and sea turtle biology uh we lived in british columbia up north of Tofino. You could only get there by boat or seaplane uh, with an Indian tribe called the Hesquit. My, one of my very best friends had, had become friends with the chief through a field studies that they were doing. And it was up to the Indians to, it was up to the native people to prove to the Canadian government that they were better stewards of their land than the Canadian government was, which isn't hard because their land had been clear cut and was totally screwed up. And so we went up there and lived with them and gave them free labor. And we did 
re-nourishment plans for the salmon spawning streams that have been blown up by the clear cut. So we'd go in and do a transect and say, you should anchor in a deadfall here and you should drop some boulders there. So you essentially, you re-man make the natural habitat of a salmon spawning stream in the wild. And so we lived with this Indian tribe for the summer in the middle of nowhere. And it was, again, could be days worth of stories on that one. Like I said, the sea turtle biology was really neat. I was up before the sun uh, on the busiest sea turtle nesting beach in America, down in Jupiter, Florida. I had a four-wheeler. I had a big GPS backpack. I would get to, you know, mark all the nests, track all the nests. I'd, I'd get to help all the baby turtles that were still out there. Um, we would do stuff at night if the leatherbacks come in, which are the great big turtle, which are very rare. You can't really disrupt them once they get going. They're, they're of a one-track mind. These mamas are going to get it done. And so we'd be out there with night scopes and like leatherbacks would be dropping eggs. And that was, that was a ton of fun. Uh, and I'd dive master in the afternoon. So I got to, you know, scuba dive five days a week as work. I, I was so poor that I literally had rice and frozen lobster tails. So I couldn't afford food or beer, but I would microwave lobster tails for dinner. <laughs> And what else is on here? The summer that I graduated high school, me and five buddies rented a total shithole uh, on Cape Cod. And, you know, none of us had ever lived away from home and six total deviants living in this tiny shack where you had to pay all your rent up front because the landlord was clearly used to the program. And uh, we lived down the Cape as total miscreants for a summer. And then the last one, which really was a life changer. Um, my family and I went to this little town in Costa Rica for my 40th birthday. We got this unreal house. We've never gone back and stayed in anything like this. We just blew it out that first year and we stayed for a month and then we had friend groups rotate through and just changed my life, changed my perspective on everything, you know, just came back a total changed man and I've really really tried very hard to stick to it. It's easy because we'll go back for a check-in every year and you kind of go back to the well on that one. But it, that, that was awesome. That was awesome. Dude, I want to be on the invite list. What do I need to do? That sounds Come awesome. on down, baby. Come on down. I've, I've only been there once, but I, I always said the weather was the perfect weather for me because, you know, I'm so white, you know. So like I'm like you know it's like it was sunny and warm but you but the the tree shaded things and the, it rained in the afternoon and just 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 perfect for me so anyways um all right so uh, let's talk about your future boss like give me your five future greatest hits that haven't happened yet so this one was fun too I mean I I don't you know they flowed right out I I hadn't really talked or thought a whole lot about them but. I'd like to ski every continent except for Africa um, with my whole family, um, you know, but got a life, got a lifetime to do that. I'd like to go on a multi-day hike with my dad. That would be cool. Um, we grew up, you know, in Vermont and we were always hiking and overnighting and, you know, he's still, <laughs> he's still in great, great shape. My wife for years still really jokes. My old man, when he comes to town, he likes to stand around in the kitchen, you know, like the, the heart of the house, right? And he'll stand around with his computer open reading like 25 different newspapers all day in his tidy whities 
<laughs> and so my wife is always like, when are you going to be in as good a shape as your dad? <laughs> Does he have a shirt on at least? No, oh no, no. No shirt, nothing. <laughs> just hanging out in his tidy whiteies. That's it, That's man. funny just, as shit, dude. Just free balling. <laughs> um, free balling, okay. Living the dream. Um, right, what else? So I'd like to take my mom to Vermont. She lives in an assisted living home here in Charleston. She can travel. It's more if I can do it, right? So I got a man up, you know, turn up my patience meter, turn down my life and like focus on what's important to her. We clearly, you know, we would need to fly. And so we got to wait a while, but she really wants to get back to Vermont. And so it's not that simple. <laughs> if anybody has uh, a, an elderly parent that's in an assisted living facility and you think about going on a four or five day trip with some air travel, you know what I'm talking about. It is, it's not that simple, but I, I got to do it. I got to do it for her. I've got to, I've got to, you know, if this doesn't happen, this is fine. But if it does happen, it's great. I'd love to work for my children. Just be cool. Like have them start companies where I can add value and just be there. I love that one, man. Fuck. That's a good, I'm writing that down. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I bring them to job sites. I talk to them about investments, ROI, you know, like the whole thing working on, uh, I think I got this maybe from one of your podcasts, somebody that had started a ledger book with their child. Maybe it was Mike. I don't know. You know, my daughter is, she's so economically focused, right? For like the things that are important to her. But I was like, well, you've always got money. Like I cannot figure out where you squirrel so much money from, but like, you don't know how much you have. Like, let's start a ledger book. So anyway, I, I picked that up on here, I think. And then my last one, I, I think I actually wrote this on your wall. Like the first day I met you at the Folly Beach House, which would have been like, I don't know, four or five years ago, where, uh, and I don't think I'd actually thought about it since, uh, to have my annual giving um, be more than my annual spending. Well, that's a good one, buddy. I'm going to go look at my wall now and see what, see if I can see you on there. But, uh, yeah, those are awesome. Those are, those are awesome. What, what would you, let's talk about you a little bit. What would you say Dewey's like uh, superpower is? You know, I, I, I struggled with this one a lot and I think it's just because you change over time. I don't know where this is on the sheet, so I'll just say whatever it is today. But I think that I've got a, a, a good gift through language and perspective of helping people see their shit in a different way. So, yeah, I, I think I, I went over a couple different things. You know, it used to be connecting with people, and then I, I think I became a little bit of an asshole. Um, <laughs> stop finding people. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I used to be able to create a bond, like a deep, quick bond with anybody, and now it seems like less and less. So That's I think it's why do you think people, that is? You know, this is going to sound cynical, but I think it's because I started to realize that people are full of shit, and I just got burnt out on caring more about their shit than they did. I could probably say the same thing. Uh, yeah, I could say the same thing. But I think my, with mine, it was more about because I wanted to uh, get more work in and in the time allowed, you know. So I wanted to make more money. You know, I just became more focused. It became a um, became a necessity 
to building, <laughs> to making a lot of money. It's not right. It's wrong. It's not right, but it is the truth, you know? Well, now look at all the time you have to connect with the people that you There you go. About. I'm making up, making up. I can't find your thing, man. I'm looking for it now. I see Matt O'Neill here. I think that was the same day. I know you're up flip here your, somewhere. But... Flip your screen around. Let's see what that wall looks like these days. That's huge. That's awesome. It's a, I'll find That's you. Awesome. I'll send you a photo. It's <laughs> you start, I think you were here in the very beginning. Yeah, it was blank. I mean, it was. I, I know. Like, I you just bought the house, and I know I've seen you on here. I can't even see people that like, you know, they leave. Oh, there it is, Dewey, age thirty-nine. How old are you? Forty-four. This was 44, five years ago. Five years ago. It says, "Give back as much as I receive on a monthly basis." That's exactly what you said. That's what it says, <laughs> dude. Dewey, thirty-nine years old. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that one. I love, I love that. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, well, what's your kryptonite? Like, what's your what's what, what, what repels you? Like, what's yeah, details. Details. I'm I'm just a really bad detail guy. Details are are absolutely enemy. Remembering things that aren't important or interesting to me uh, is really a, a a downfall for me. You know. The first one, I don't think I can do much about. I can create systems, but I prefer leverage. You know, I'm surrounded by a lot of really talented people that love details. And so I just let them love them. <laughs> the good. second one could yeah. really be better for like my wife and family if I would remember the things that are important to them that, you know, every time I, I fail, I'm like, yeah, I know why I didn't do that because I don't care. <laughs> But I'd love to be able to not screw them up by remembering. Yeah, right. Well, of course, there's hacks to that, you know. I mean, there's there's ways. There's alarms you can set. There's reminders <laughs> you can create. You know. Uh, just, yeah. Just absolutely. don't tell them. Just don't tell them that you're you've set an alarm on your schedule to tell them you love them, and and they'll never know the difference. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but, uh, all right, cool, man. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up, Dewey, by um, spinning uh, the GoBundance app here. Uh, are you ready to take a, a curveball question? Let's do it. All right, hold on. All right, this one's good for you. Dewey, what is the weirdest thing you've ever seen? No. Oh, maybe a turtle's cloaca? <laughs> How was that? <laughs> it's the little shitter where the eggs come out. I believe. I don't know. It just came to mind. The weirdest thing I've ever seen. I mean, that one's, that was, I guess that one's not that weird. Oh, I mean, birth of my child. So we do natural childbirth in the tub. You know, everybody's a participant that's in the room. So you're right in there, you know, playing catcher. And that is weird. You know, small purple humans with disfigured heads coming out of other people that you love. That is definitely weird. Yeah. That's interesting. And you get that from your parents? The the doing natural childbirth and whatnot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. You born naturally? No, uh, no, I was born in a hospital, but I mean, in Vermont, you know, 44 years ago, it might as well have been that. Yeah. And, no, that was, you know, my, my wife is, she's really intelligent. She's very strong-willed Italian. She's very proactive in her life. 
and her decisions and her knowledge. And so she would absolutely have been the leader in that. Uh, but I absolutely was lockstep. It was to have been through it, to think if you were to take some experience from me in my life, that would probably be the one I wouldn't want to give up. Wow, that's great. Look, for, for people listening who haven't had kids yet, that's interesting to hear for sure. Did you have a midwife there? Was there somebody there helping you? Yeah, so we've got a really good friend who's a doula. And so the doula is like a step between midwife. And then we had a midwife, you know, and if we're going to get into it, the first childbirth was so heavy duty. They actually, so we go to a place called the birthing center. Um, So there's multiple birthing rooms. There's multiple midwives. You stay in relationship with them throughout the pregnancy. It was what they said, the most challenging natural successful natural birth that they'd ever seen so my wife got like awards and high fives i mean we had every staff member in there it went on for like 12 hours i mean it was heavy duty i mean i i went out of there and i was like i mean you can climb mount everest right but like God, i don't think that most people can 12 do 12 hours in your own bathroom yeah yeah if it was a hospital they gave her pitocin or whatever right they just sped that oh, shit yeah. up right yeah, they, they would not have let this thing go on, but it worked they out great. They wanted that hospital bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it worked out great. And then, and then the little fella, he came in like that. Just like that. <laughs> Your wife was like, I'm not, she mentally willed that. She's like, I'm making sure. Do my- <laughs> yeah, she'd pay her dues. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Well, listen, man, I look forward to getting together uh, with you with the Charleston uh, GoBros. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what it's like for you Leading the charge of a local group, like uh, if people listening, if GoBro is listening to this, because, you know, we're at 200 and some GoBros now and, and about eight, uh, eight local groups, maybe something like that. What's it like uh, leading the group? You know, any advice you could give there before we sign off, do we? Yeah, you know, we're, we're not as far along as, as some of the guys like, like NorCal and around Baltimore, uh, Philly. Those guys have, I think, got it really dialed in. but. You know, enough advance notice, you know, same day, same time. And then, you know, Chris Ryan, the new CEO, has been really great to give us some format and exercises. But, you know, it's great because you got people that really care, that have opted in, you know, that want to do the same cool thing. And so, you know, and, and it's back to the old tenants of the elders, I think, which is, I got a lot of great friends in Charleston and they're not slouches, but it's not the same curated group as GoBundance. And so to know that I'm going to get together with those guys every month for a significant period of time and grow a long, deep relationship where I can share things that they can weigh in on, right? That might have to do with money or health or family. It's great. So, you know, for me, it's really fulfilling and I'm, I, you know, when we look back a year, three years, six years from now on this, it'd be like, oh my God, this has got to be one of the most important things in my life is having these local GoBros. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I look forward to uh, spending some uh, some good quality uh, time with you, Dewey, in the very near future. Thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing. Yeah, man, tons of fun. Get out there, check that surf this afternoon. We got falling tide and some good waves. Yeah, maybe I'll just get out there and do some swimming. I'm, up, I'm about due, so definitely. Hopefully good, I won't get man. swept away. All right, thanks, Dewey. See you, Pat. In life, to be honest, I failed 
as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can